0: Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to College Football Pod Talk. This is your co host, Easton.
1: And Josh.
0: We want to welcome you to week zero of College Football Pod Talk. Make sure you guys check us out and uh, email us at collegefootballpodtalk at gmail.com if you have any questions. Josh, our Twitter.
1: CFB Pod Talk. Hit us up. You know, week zero, this is a very exciting to get us back into college football. We had two fun games, uh, Two two games we're going to talk about. Uh, let's go. Let's just jump right into it. Miami and Florida. What what were your thoughts? I I kind of had Florida before the game. What was your expectations?
0: Yeah, uh, Florida was ranked number eight in the preseason poll, and this game was a lot closer than I expected. The big hype about Tate Martell uh, transferring transferring in from Ohio State, and then p- losing the position to a true freshman.
1: Yeah, Tate Martell. I started following him a little bit after I watched that Netflix series QB One. Oh, okay, you know, yeah, and I was. I was rooting for the guy, but he obviously must not be that great of a quarterback.
0: You hear a lot about him, especially when he was at Ohio State, how athletic he was. and He was a dual-threat quarterback and got a lot of hype out of high school. And it just didn't transition well for him. And he thought transferring would work out, and that hasn't happened to be the situation yet. But that freshman, Jaron Williams, did really well. He surprised me.
1: Jaron Williams did fantastic, especially for how much pressure Florida line and D put on him all game
0: yeah miami had an inexperienced left tackle a freshman and a few other linemen which didn't help miami to start but which was really cool about uh manny diaz was that he started off having the quarterback throw short passes and just kind of get him into a rhythm and just make him comfortable out there for this being his first game and having so much hype behind it but uh what do you think about felipe franks he was our uh quarterback for florida who had a lot of hype coming from last year
1: I just I, that guy needs to calm down. he looked a little overrated he got he got outperformed uh, yesterday by a true freshman. He's a junior. he's played a lot of games and a, and a freshman outplayed him.
0: Yeah, and he, they talked about his maturity and how much he's matured this past season, but you can definitely tell in his body language he was getting frustrated. He finished the game with seven, going 17 for 27, 254 yards, two touchdowns, but he also did throw two interceptions.
1: One interception almost lost in the game.
0: Oh, definitely. One of the things that I think really helped Florida and kept them in the game was uh, their defensive line. They finished the game with 10 total sacks.
1: I mean, Jaron Williams, I don't know how he had such a phenomenal game when, when that Florida D was getting so much pressure on him all game. If they weren't sacking him, they were, they were hurrying him and in his face all game.
0: Yeah, Jaron Williams finished the game going 19 for 30, 214 yards and one touchdown. But for a first game, you know, playing his first college game, I think he played really well. But uh, overall, Florida ended up winning the game 20-24. to 24. Moving on to our second game, our only other game of importance, University of Arizona going against Hawaii. Go ahead and uh, talk a little bit about that.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Real surprised about this outcome. Hawaii gets the win 45-38. to 38. Uh, you know, the story of that game was that wide res- the uh, Hawaii passing game, uh, the wide receiver Cedric Byrd second 14 receptions, 224 yards, four TDs. Yeah. That's incredible.
0: Oh, definitely. Hawaii has been, always been known to be a passing offense, but Cedric Byrd went off, and he made it very easy for their quarterback, Cole McDonalds who went 24 for 41, 378 yards, four touchdowns, but he also did throw four interceptions, which led him to uh, getting a... Taken off the field. Well,
1: that's another storyline of the game. Hawaii had six turnovers and somehow they still managed to win this game.
0: Yeah, they had four interceptions and two fumbles for losses, and somehow Arizona just couldn't capitalize. They had a lot of penalties themselves, though.
1: Kevin Sumlin is an offensive coach. Where's that offensive genius where you, I mean, you need to be putting on points if you're getting six turnovers.
0: Well, before Kevin Sumlin came to the school, Khalil Tate was a Heisman candidate. This man was averaging about 200 yards a, ca- a game at quarterback. But ever since Sumlin came in, I think he tried to change him too much last year and it, it, it really showed. But this game, I think Khalil Tate still did. I think he had a, a, a pretty good outing. He went 22 for 39, 361 yards three touchdowns, but he also threw two interceptions, and he was their leading rusher with uh, 108 yards off 13 carries.
1: My question for you is, if Kevin Sumlin has another bad year where they don't make a bowl game, is he going to be put on the hot seat?
0: I can definitely see that because he was put in a position to win, and he he had the talent around him. Uh, Khalil Tate is a star in himself, and he made plays, and I think last year, he, he they try to keep him in the pocket too much, but it wasn't his game. Let a player play his game, and I think they try to transition these quarterbacks into their systems rather than have that system work for the quarterback.
1: But I mean, I do remember Khalil Tate being talked about as a Heisman hopeful last year, and he just shut down. I know part of it's from injuries and and things, and changed him around, but he didn't show up last year. I mean, there's a lot more games to play. He might turn it around, and Kevin Sumlin might make it a great season, too. So
0: Arizona Pac-12 team should not have lost to Hawaii. No matter, and especially with six turnovers, you should have won that game and capitalized. There's no excuse to lose a game with six turnovers.
1: I agree. I will say the final play of that game was very exciting with Khalil Tate. Rushing the ball for close to 40 yards to almost tie the game. Came up about a yard
0: short. Yeah, he was one yard short tackled with time expiring. And that was just one of the heartbreaks of the Pac-12 to start our season off. Not a very good look for the Pac-12. Arizona will see uh, Northern Arizona next week. And Hawaii will be versus Oregon State. So hopefully Pac-12 will get a win in Hawaii next week. So uh, yeah, those were our top two games and only two important games of last week. We're going to actually go into the first week, well, first official week of college football. You want to start us off?
1: So we got some we got some games we marked down. Some of them, you know, they're probably going to be blowouts. Uh, for example, uh, Clemson and Georgia Tech. But how exciting would it be if Georgia Tech
0: upset them? This could be a game where Clemson may come out slow and may just uh, not come in with the right mindset of wanting to, to play against these guys. A lot of returners coming back. They had Trevor Lawrence coming back, their quarterback, their star running back, Trevor Entian, and their top three receivers are coming back. That alone uh, is dangerous in itself. So I
1: mean, and Clemson is favored by 36, 36 and a half points. Hey, so.
0: just just give, you know, don't, don't give up on them too early. Um, our second game is Bama versus Duke. So we have David Cutcliffe, well experienced coach, going against Bama. This should be probably another blowout.
1: Yeah, I agree. This one's at least a neutral site game. Uh, Chick Fil A Kickoff Bowl. Bama's favored by thirty-five. I, you know, Bama and Clemson are cream of the crap. They're probably gonna crush it.
0: Do you think Tua's is gonna have a great year this year?
1: I think he will. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's Tua and Lawrence, in, in and the Heisman, my, in the Heisman run. I Most mean,
0: definitely. Do you think Tua's is gonna play a full four four quarters this season?
1: No, no. <laughs> and Trevor Lawrence shouldn't either. Yeah. If if you're up by 30.
0: But at the same time if you're trying to win the Heisman, would you want to stay in or are you more worried about maintaining I think,
1: a I think if you if your team's that good and you're up by 30 points in the fourth, then people
0: you can back off a little People bit.
1: understand it.
0: No, definitely. I agree.
1: So let's get into some more competitive games cuz there will be better games next week. Um BYU and Utah
0: yeah, this can definitely be a really good game. Utah is a t- scary team. I I would not underestimate them if you play them in the Pac-12 this year. They always have a pretty decent team, and they got a lot of returners coming back. But Utah ranked 14 can be dangerous and be a headhunter for the Pac-12.
1: Utah Utah should win the Pac-12 um, unless something bad happens, and maybe maybe Washington State or somebody will come in there and beat them up. But oh
0: yeah, that sounds about <laughs> right. <laughs> we got another game that I think will be on the radar is uh, was number 19, Wisconsin, going down to South Florida. This is very old school versus new school. We got speed versus nice and slow downhill running. So uh, what, what do you think about this game?
1: Well, you know, Jonathan Taylor, he's a beast. He, he should run over some kids. Down at down at USF,
0: but don't underestimate South Florida. South Florida always generally has a pretty good team, and uh, they got speed. Florida has speed. We know this.
1: Florida in general has speed. Florida in general has talent.
0: Yeah, definitely. So those guys who get dodged out from Miami and Florida, you know, South Florida is an excellent option to go down to.
1: Next, we got uh, Washington, number thirteen, the Huskies versus Eastern Washington. This is that in-state battle. You know where Eastern really wants to come in and, and mess up Washington's season to start it off.
0: Yeah, Eastern is a team you wouldn't want to underestimate. Also, they're uh, they've been in contention for the D one AA championship. Shoot. The past 10 years, you know, they've, they've done really well for themselves. But the big drama coming out of Washington was uh, Jacob Eason being named the, the starter and their backup, Jay Kaner, uh, actually quit the next day. And this is interesting because Peterson indicated that even though Eason would start, Jay Kaner would see playing time in that game. This is actually the second quarterback that in the uh, program uh, as Colston Yankoff transferred to UCLA in June. So a little bit of QB drama going down at UW.
1: Seems like uh, there's QB drama going down everywhere. Uh, kids don't get named the starting and they leave. It's, yeah. It's it's becoming the norm. I don't know if I love it. I understand it because these kids want to come in and play right away.
0: Definitely. It should be exciting to see what type of Washington team we're going to see early on. Uh, with a lot of their defensive backs leaving and their starting quarterback Jake Browning leaving. and uh, But Easton's not a bad uh, guy to come after, who was uh, the starting true freshman quarterback at Georgia's freshman year, but ended up losing his position after an injury to Jake Fromm. Yeah. So, and it ended up transferring back up to UW and uh, getting a spot back. So uh, win win for him. But uh, there's only now three quarterbacks on scholarship for UW Jacob Easton, a redshirt freshman, Jacob Simon, and then a true freshman, Dylan Morris. So. Uh, yeah, they need to find some depth at quarterback. Worst case, if uh, Easton doesn't work out, next game we have up is uh, number twenty-five Stanford at home. Have Northwestern coming into town.
1: Well, just remember for all for all that y'all that might have forgotten, Northwestern played in the Big Ten Championship last
0: year. So, yeah, yeah, they went eight-one conference, nine and five overall.
1: So they're not they're not you know chump change, and you know they got a transfer quarterback coming in from Clemson.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, Fitzgerald's a great coach. I think he 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 has a he has a lot of fire under him, and I think he lights the fire under the team as a whole. And uh, I think they truly believe in him, and, and and it shows with their play. I think they're it, it should be a competitive game. We got KJ Costello returning for Stanford, but they did lose their top three wide receivers, which is a uh, concerning. And Bryce Love. Moving on from there, we have. Number sixteen Auburn versus number eleven Oregon. This may be probably the game of the week.
1: I think this is the game of the week for sure. You got a freshman quarterback at Auburn, Bo Nix, going against a senior quarterback at Oregon, Justin Herbert. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun game to watch. And Auburn likes to play these games, and Auburn likes to play a tough schedule.
0: How big of a game is this for Herbert and company?
1: Oh, they need a win. Yeah. The Pac-12 needs a win, too.
0: No, most definitely. I agree with you. And there's such high expectations for Oregon this year with a lot of their returners starting. The offensive line is deep. Their defensive line is scary with uh, Thibodeau at uh, defensive end. He is a uh, some, something to worry about. And they have one of the top recruiting classes coming in. So they can be a scary team with Mario Cristobal and company, and uh, they could be a top team in the Pac-12 to watch out for. Only
1: problem is this This Auburn team just finds ways to win games. Yeah. I mean, they always they always lose a few during the season as well, but when they don't have expectations, it seems like they they do phenomenal.
0: And granted, I feel like they've played more big games throughout the past two or three years than Oregon has. And for a first game of the season, you know, Oregon doesn't get time to warm up. This isn't the NFL where you get preseason games. You're going all in that first week. So gotta go live, gotta play strong. Most definitely. What's our next game on tap?
1: Uh, We got Boston versus Virginia Tech. You know, there's some rumors going around that his guys kind of quit on him last year. They didn't want to go to a bowl game. We'll see how Virginia Tech handles this season and see what happens with Justin and if he can figure it out and get some victories I am
0: curious to know what is going on With the program you know are guys just not Buying in is he just not Reaching to the players one way or another It's just not helping Virginia Tech overall And I could see Boston uh, College Potentially winning this game over Virginia Tech Moving on to uh, bigger and better Games we have number three Georgia Away down at Bandy. Uh,
1: You know, this is just SEC, SEC matchup. You know, starting the season going straight into a conference matchup like that is always tough. You'd still expect Georgia to handle Vanderbilt, but, you know, it's still an SEC game, so there's going to be a big-time competition. Do
0: you think Fromm is in the uh, competition to be a Heisman candidate if he shows out this year? I think he should be.
1: You know, he's going to be a high draft pick. He should be definitely labeled in.
0: Yeah, he's mess. played in some tough games. He struggled a little bit last year, but he definitely did recover, and I think he could be a potential Heisman candidate moving forward. Uh, one of the better games I think may be better than people expect is Houston going down to number four Oklahoma. This is a uh, Alabama transfer Jalen Hurts starting at quarterback for Oklahoma.
1: Well, and and this is Dana Hol- Holgerson's first game as the Houston head coach. He's got a lot of experience playing Oklahoma because he came from West Virginia.
0: Yeah, definitely. He knows their numbers, so it's definitely nothing new. Dana hasn't seen, so it should be a very good game. Houston, you know, before Dana was there last year, they came off an eight and five season. With a lot of starters returning, including their quarterback Derek King,
1: and they were they were lighting it up. There's, there should be a lot of points on the board in this game. Oh, most imagine.
0: definitely. The over/under is eighty-two, and I, I might say over. <laughs> That's pretty big. Most definitely. And uh, from here on, we got uh, Pac-12 Oregon State going down to Oklahoma State. Um, black and orange game, huh? This, should be, this game should be played on Halloween.
1: You know what? I'm just sad that my favorite nickname is gone. He's he graduated. Corndog. Oh, Cornelius.
0: Cornelius, yeah. Cornelius is
1: gone. He's not at Oklahoma State anymore. Uh, you know, but that's just a... A big 12, Pac-12 12 game, so we put it on the list. Should be fun to watch.
0: Yeah, let's hope Oregon State, they, they're ranked one of the lowest teams in the Pac-12 this year. and uh, So hopefully they can have a turnaround season and do something with it. You know, you can't go further down than they are, so you can only go up from there, right? <laughs> no, you cannot. No, definitely. Let's
1: get into the games that we're, we're most excited about, slash panicking about. Who you got?
0: well my cougs are at home ranked number 23 going against new mexico state um it was named something that was new that leach usually doesn't do until the game the day of the game he actually announced who's starting at quarterback and it's going to be fifth year senior quarterback gordon uh who will be our starting quarterback and uh, it should be pretty exciting he's only thrown three total passes last year but the cougs Uh, leach himself said they feel bigger they feel stronger than last year and guys have gained experience uh we had a young team and i think a lot more guys got more experience so it should be interesting to see but i think uh the kooks should steamroll new mexico state at home how about your old, old miss rebels
1: man i'm not gonna lie i'm nervous i'm dreading it i'm nervous i'm excited uh we're playing at memphis memphis is favored Uh, but memphis always gets up for us and plays us well but i'm excited for the season i'm excited for ole miss we're bowl bowl eligible again we can if we get some wins go to a bowl game that's what i'm rooting for you know we got new coordinators in there new quarterback we lost some wide receivers i'm excited it's college football
0: do you guys see yourself going to a bowl game this year i do yeah it's 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 time man it's i just feel like it's long overdue and it's you guys have a talented team it's just a matter of putting in the work and having an established defense this year. I think just getting experience under the belt, you know, helps the team overall. So
1: I'm, I'm really excited for next week. It, you know, it can't come soon enough.
0: Uh, let's move on to our uh, players of the week. Who you got uh, for your defensive player of the week?
1: So I, I picked out the uh, Florida linebacker, Vontel, Vontel Miller. Two sacks and two tackles for loss against Miami. This kid was all over the field.
0: It's very nice to see, man. And uh, obviously, we brought him up a little bit earlier in an earlier game. But uh, for our offensive player of the game, we had Cedric Bird, the second wide receiver for Hawaii, the Rainbow Warriors. 14 receptions, 224 yards, and four touchdowns in the win versus Arizona.
1: Still can't believe they got that win.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. Question, I just want to ask you a quick question before we uh, end this. how do you feel about players transferring out after they lose their starting position?
1: Oh, it's this is one of those weird things. I kind of wish they'd stay the season, but, like, I kind of get it, too. Like, these kids are trying to move on. You know, you get PT, you potentially move on to the bigs, right? Yeah,
0: most definitely.
1: You don't get PT, you're not moving on to in, onto the nfl um, yeah i would assume if you're getting beat out you're not going to get looked at for the nfl but mm-hmm. you never know i mean you you grow and you learn with experience
0: yeah and i agree it's 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 hard it, it is a hard question it is a loaded question because it's you know you see the side now if, if it was an actual competition battle where it's like you you have only one more year to play You're going to want to transfer out and play that year. You know, yes, you want to compete, and that's what spring ball is for. But then you realize you may not have a chance to play. And if you guys are only a year apart, that's. One to two years, you may be missing, depending how young you guys are. So um I, I do respect that guys do want to transfer out. Um, and coaches, I feel like programs have to understand that, too, because coaches jump ship with no problem, and nobody guilts them, you know, and they make millions. So it's just a happy medium of where, you know, where it goes, because I feel like a lot of athletes get a, crit- a lot of criticism when they want to transfer out. But yet coaches are able to leave anytime they want, and it's seen as a great opportunity for them. But kids should stick it out, you know, and coaches break contracts all the time.
1: You know, I'm and I'm probably biased or, you know, a little, little in-betweener on this because I look at it situationally as well. Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes I understand a kid leaving, and then others I'm like – Man, that kid should have stayed.
0: Yeah. In Uh, in the uh, situation uh, of UW, now think of, hypothetically, now I, I knock on wood, hopefully he has a very healthy career at UW, but it's like, if Easton gets hurt... You have a redshirt freshman and then a true freshman. I'm not saying anything against them. I haven't seen them play much or anything, but it's like you don't know what you have. You know, Hayner, he actually has a little bit of experience throwing for at least a touchdown. So you have something there where he has game experience where if Easton goes down for the season, that may end UW season where I honestly think University of Washington could run the table. That's something I never thought I would ever say (laughs) in my life. So... (laughs) Be, be appreciative, Huskies, that I'm saying this right now. But I totally I totally think that they can have an undefeated season um, if things go right. Their tough games are at home. They play Utah at home, Oregon at home. I could see them winning out. But if Easton goes down, that can go from undefeated season to who knows.
1: Yeah, it's it's just one of those things. Is, and as time goes on, it's going to get worse and worse, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, no, definitely. Th- these kids are, say, jumping the gun and leaving programs. As soon as possible if they yeah. don't get
0: it. No, definitely. And that is the downside of it. So there's guys that may never have a chance to play, but they're going to transfer out because they're going to seek the best opportunity for them. And that may be going down to a D2, D3, NAIA school. So it's just a matter of situation. But I definitely think if you know a kid has the opportunity you know, and still can get an education, a four-year degree, and the best opportunity for them, I, I think they should take it. I agree. Yeah, most definitely. Well, anyways, that's uh, week zero of our podcast. Uh, make sure you guys tune in every week. Um, we're going to stay forward on top of it, give you guys uh, the week overview and the uh, week-by-week analysis of every game, um, Power 5, and important game that's out there. Uh, Josh, you have anything else? Oh, by the way, oh, my goodness, we totally forgot. We have some good news. Josh, <laughs> would you like to tell the uh, – the, the crowd? My little
1: baby came in time for college football. He's ready to watch Ole Miss, you know, win some games.
0: Congratulations. So. Josh had a baby boy. So, we're, you know,
1: it's it's going to be tough. I'm tired, but we'll get through it.
0: Yeah, congratulations to Josh. I'm very proud of you, bro. Um, he's a daddy now, so he's going to have a lot more responsibilities, and uh, he's going to raise that boy into a, a healthy, hearty college football athlete and a Washington State Cougar hopefully someday. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> well thank you guys again Josh uh, do you want to give them uh, the email and the, uh...
1: hey, we just want want y'all to hit us up on Twitter the CFB Pod Talk hit us up on Twitter um, and if you, you got questions you can email us at collegefootballpodtalk at gmail.com
0: we appreciate all of your guys' love and support make sure you tune in every week and share and like it thank you guys again